Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, global powers are warning that the world has become a more dangerous place after the U.S. assassinated Iran's top general. Uh, what is exactly the story here and how do we move forward? Uh, Ferry de Kirchhoff is with us, senior fellow, faculty of social sciences, graduate school of public and international affairs at the University of Ottawa, and is with us now. Ferry, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. With pleasure. How is the world viewing this today? Well, the world is looking at it askance because it is certainly has raised anxiety all over the world, and we're still wondering what is the ultimate U.S. strategy. Now, on the one hand, after the attack on the American embassy in Baghdad, there was clearly a need for the President of the United States for both domestic politics and also real foreign policy to react. Now, he's chosen a target which is going to create waves of instability in in the region, and I think that's what is really worrisome. And you've seen already the reaction and on the stock exchange. You've seen uh, Macron, the French president, saying that the world is much less safe today. You've had the same reaction from Brother Putin. So we're, we're, it's really a question as to where we go from there, and I presume that's what we want to be looking at. Tell us about this general. Obviously, uh, we've yep. heard responsible for the deaths of many, including Americans. Uh, tell us about this general and, and how much of an impact this will have on Well, Iran. Soleimani, Kasim Soleimani, is probably... One has to remember that he is a general. He is, a, mind you, some people call him a spy. Some call him even a diplomat because of his influence pervading into the whole Middle, Middle East. But he is first and foremost a, an official of the government of Iran. And I think one has to emphasize that to, to make a distinction between the Osama bin Laden or the Abu Bakr al-Baghdi and all these guys. We're, we're, we're talking about whom, a guy who we're accusing of being a terrorist, but he's actually a senior personality of, of, the, govern, of, of, the, of the government. So one has to take that into account. Sorry, the phone is... Okay. That's okay. Okay. So, uh, so that's the, the, the first point. So the, the second point is that he was also the, the leader of the Iranian Quds uh, commanding. So what we're talking about is the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, who are uh, the, the, the force that is protecting, actually, Ayatollah Khamenei and formerly Khomeini, uh, the guardian of the revolution. Now, Qasem Soleimani is the leader of the forces uh, of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. And as such, he is also a very powerful man, and a man who's meddled into the Middle East, starting, for instance, with the 2006 Lebanon war against Israel. And I think that he has had a major role in preventing Israel to win that war against Hezbollah. And you know Hezbollah being one of the key allies of Iran and being the one who were defending uh, Syrian Bashar al-Assad against, against the, uh, the allies. Now, on the other hand, one should not forget that despite what uh, Mitch O'Connell has just said into the American Senate, that at certain stage uh, that actually uh, Soleimani was in, in perfect harmony with us in terms of ISIS. And I'm somewhat surprised that Mitch O'Connell would actually denounce uh, uh, Soleimani as a creator of ISIS because that shows a total misunderstanding of what Iran is all about. Iran is all for stability to their advantage, and terrorists is certainly not the kind of people they would be supporting. In fact, 
Soleimani lost a lot of his own people fighting ISIS, and there were times on the ground that the Americans and the Iranians were coordinating to make sure that they wouldn't hit at one another or hit the same target. That, of course, is now water under the bridge because Soleimani is also the, the architect of the anti-American uh, posture. It is also something that, in fact, is seen in, in very badly in both China and, and, and Russia, because the Russian and the Chinese are always in favor of anything that reduces the Americans. Uh, President Trump said that this should have been done before. Why has this been done now? Well, there are several reasons for that. The first is that uh, Trump is facing a major political problem because there's, there's a, with the U.S. you always have domestic policy trumping the foreign relations. Sorry for the bad pun. But in this particular case, he was looking for a target to compensate for the attack on Baghdad because he didn't want to have a legacy the same which President Carter had and he, or the Benghazi crisis, so he had to hit and strike, and that's why he did it now. But it serves also his political interest to, you know, to distract people from the, the, the domestic turnover in the U.S., particularly with the new revelation about, about his influence on cutting aid to Zelensky. So I think it's a very opportune moment, but it is also a very important target that he achieved. Now, the rest of the world will have to now co contend with the reaction of Iran. Iran doesn't want war with the U.S. Some will argue that they are at war. There is no hope in hell of the GCPOA, the nuclear agreement, ever being reconducted for the foreseeable future. But Iran has some capabilities, to, to particularly in the cyber domain, to really create a lot of mess for the U.S. And I think that whether it's uh, American diplomats abroad, American installation, American base, I think there's going to be an, a major increase on nefarious response by the Iranian targeting American interests. You're going to see possibly some more uh, ships uh, being attacked in the Gulf. The Strait of Oman may, may be also closed for a period of time. There is no limit to the asymmetric reaction of Iran in this context. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, obviously, uh, many in the world don't appreciate what Donald Trump is doing. Uh, is this conflicting this issue? So is this a win for the United States? Okay, domestically, it is a win for now. I think internationally, Trump has already indicated that he doesn't give a damn about his allies. There's never any consultation. So in a way, that act weakens the solidarity of the Western world because of the way it was conducted. But as I said, I, I do sympathize with the fact that irrespective of the domestic political situation in the U.S., the American president had to react uh, because of the attack on the American embassy in Baghdad. Whether the selected uh, target was the right one, the question becomes what validity does one give to Pompeo saying that there was some imminent attack against other, against other American interests. In that, in, if that is actually true, the problem is that We'll never know exactly whether there, there had been some targets that, uh, that uh, Soleimani was aiming at. But if that's the case, then the reaction is perfectly legitimate. The problem, the, and you use
use the right word. This was an assassination, and this was not condoned by any United Nations resolution or whatever. And you've seen the reaction of the Iraqi themselves condemning it as, a, as an attack on their own sovereignty. So we, we, are, we are definitely entering a new unpredictable phase. Uh, and, and I don't think that the Western world will come out the winner unless, uh, un unless Lindsey Graham's suggestion that a full attack against Iran is waged, in which case that we could be in third world war. Uh, so we're, we're, we're talking about a very dangerous situation. The question is, how much is Iran prepared to wager in terms of retaliation without, without necessarily provoking an all-out massive attack against them? Uh, that's, that's where more or less I, I stand, but I can't predict the outcome from now at this stage. Uh, as you mentioned, this was retaliation for what was happening outside the U.S. Embassy. Who makes these calls? Is the, Because obviously when something like this happens in the world of Donald Trump, he's front and center. How much of this is the military staff behind him and the intelligence community that he's often criticizing? Uh, how much, uh, how much uh, of them are yeah. behind this as well, opposed to the you, Trump? If you are the President of the United States, then uh, you are the one saying to your guys, Give me a target. Give me something to uh, to 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 retaliate, and and I think they're coming up with all the other, the, the 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 possibilities. And of course, the presence of uh, Qasem Soleimani on the ground in Iraq, uh, which is a common common feature, would have come up immediately. But it is definitely the American president who decides. I'm not even sure whether he was given a wide range of of, of option other than killing Soleimani, because uh, right now you. He's, he's facing the problem of Iraq uh, fighting w within itself. There's a kind of counter-revolution in Iraq because of the heavy presence of Iran in, in the, the Eastern Front. And, and the, the instability in Iraq is actually a, 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 a product of Iran's meddling. So whichever way you look at it, it was, it was hard to find another target at this stage, and the President of the U.S. was very happy to do it. The real issue is not having done that. The real issue is what is the U.S. strategy in that region. What, he, what the American President has done uh, against the Kurds, allowing the Turks to literally kick them out of a region within which they've been living for centuries, is, is another case in point, is that there is not an American strategy. There's targeting here and there, and we don't know. That doesn't enhance the situation of the U.S. in the region, and the turmoil is increasing. Israel, of course, is, seeing, is, is, is finding itself both vindicated and with more anguish. I'm sure that Brother Netanyahu is delighted, that, as he said it himself, because it, it, it strengthened his case for staying in power, even though he's under, under potential conviction. So th there's not a single area in, the reg in that region that couldn't be a, face some consequence of this action. But I don't think the American president gives a damn. He's on a day-to-day. -day. He's not even on a week-to-week. -week. Mm -hmm. uh, many now talking about retaliation. Iran has said it is coming. Uh, is that interest that, in, that are in and around the Middle East, or could we see lone wolf attacks in the U.S.? We could see some serious uh, cyber attack 
listen, if Kim Jong Un can can attack us cyberly, you know that you have to appreciate that the, the two countries that are the most sophisticated in terms of cyber attack beyond beyond North Korea are, are actually Russia and Iran, and so I would expect a lot of messy stuff uh, from various quarters. And the cyber is the one for which it's harder to respond, it's harder to pinpoint, it's harder to counter, counteract, and I would see that as one option. But don't forget, you also have Syria and Lebanon, who are allies of, of Iran and could be used as, as mercenaries, in a way, uh, as part of the retaliation. As I said, the, the Iranians, because of their weakness, militarily as a, against the U.S., have other options that are all asymmetric that could do a lot of harm, but it, it, it will take time. The Iranians are very sophisticated. This is something in the West we don't seem to appreciate. Even their policy regarding the shipment of oil and, and uh, what they've done uh, on, in, in Saudi Arabia, in Aramco, uh, it, all of that is part of a policy of saying, listen, guys, pay attention. We can do a lot of damage. And you just have to start behaving and stop, stop, you know, hounding us because we can do more damage than you can to us. And I think that's part of the, the strategy of Khamenei and the strategy of Soleimani. And I'm pre- pretty sure they'll find quickly a replacement for him. Barry Kirkhoff has been with us, Senior Fellow, Faculty of Social Sciences, Graduate School of Public and International Affairs at the University of Ottawa. Ferry, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. With pleasure. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.